Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So when you so when you um when you grew up in Liverpool. Yeah. What <laughs> Are you trying to get the job as Desert Island Discs presenter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is me. How do the poor people live? <laughs> Tell us stories of poverty, Adam. What was it like dipping bread in water? <laughs> Did you share shoes? <laughs> it's a tin bath in the garden every second Sunday. Uh, the... Um, what did you do for fun? <laughs> what did gonna, you do for I mean, fun? What were you like growing up as a kid, though? Were you one of the funny kids, or were you one of, like... He had a thigh in his eye, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my entire personality, yeah. <laughs> but, but surely that, for you, had to be... That's, you then had to kind of be, like, the, the sort of fun, entertaining one, because they were calling you this. No, like, <laughs> the school I went to, <laughs> it didn't matter who you were. There was always something to call you do you know what I mean everyone got <laughs> school is tough man for that it really yeah. is tough for that yeah but I do think it prepares you for life a little bit do you know what I mean getting bullied a little bit I think getting bullied a little bit is, I think bullying is good, good isn't it, it's, it yeah. wait, to an extent what, why do you think it's good Tom why do you think it's good thick skin oh, I'm gonna, thick skin yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, just think a bit of um, you made a lot of money out of it <laughs> yeah 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 I did that's true I, th- I think it's um I don't know, just if you, you know, if you don't get bullied at all as a kid and then when you're older and then people start, you just, you won't be able to handle it. You'll just fall apart, won't you? Because yeah, yeah. if you get used to it. I think there's always a little bit of, everyone receives it's not bullying either. It's not it's bullying. Like English no, bully, bullying might not be the right term because I think bullying's got like stigmas of like suicide, people yeah. killing themselves, such that teasing and sort of. Getting the piss taken out of you, I think that prepares you for life. But that's like, an, like the yeah. English people, like the way, the way that we you. show that we like someone is by yeah. taking the piss out of them. By taking them down. Yeah, 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 yeah. But why, like, why do we have that as humour? It's great, I think. I think it's good as well. I really do. Yeah. And it does, like, you're so right. It does kind of, because at school, I think all the old years used to kind of take the piss. But like, it's a, you, it's a, even though you're having the piss taken out of you, you've, it's a sense of respect, weirdly. Yeah. Oh, was that the same? And Liverpool, people in Liverpool do that to each other the entire time, don't you? You just shout at things at each other yeah, always. Yeah, and like the weirdest kids, the, the weird weird ones who were over there, they never got picked on because they were just too, it, it felt too so it bad like, to do anything. It's like a, a sort of, it's like a badge of honour to be picked on. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. got picked on, it meant you weren't low enough to not be picked on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone, welcome back to part two of Private Parts. Here with Adam Rowe and my co-host Tom Lucy. What's up, team? Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Sorry, went I, I zoned out, question, I zoned out for a second. <laughs> you zoned out. I was thinking about the polar bear fucking the grizzly bear. Yeah, so that answer's coming up in a second. Hey, Tom, I want to ask you a question, right? Have you ever... We spoke about this the other day where you went and did a gig and uh, before the guy went on stage, he was super confident. And you yeah, were yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were like... He's not going to have a good gig. 
Oh, there was just, you all know what I mean about Adam. There, there was a, I was just doing this gig and there was an, a new guy doing the open spot in the middle, American guy. And in the dressing room before, he was so cocky and confident. And, uh, and every, all the other comics in the room, when he left the room to go and do the gig, we were all like, he's going to fucking tank. And he <laughs> went on and fucking died. But it was, I could, we could just tell because he was so confident. But I don't get that. This is what I don't understand. Because I would assume in comedy, the, having confidence is quite a good thing to have. No. <laughs> but why? Absolutely not. Well, there, to a point, you've got to be confident in your own ability and feel comfortable. But too much confidence showing, especially in Britain, mm. they just go, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but it's also too much confidence. If you, if you don't have any material and you're really confident, that's yeah. the worst combination. It's why like comedians get introduced differently in the UK to the US. So, like, in America, before you go on stage, the compere will go, you've seen this guy on Comedy Central, he's done Conan O'Brien, he's done Showtime at the Apollo, give it up for Tom Lucy. And the audience go, oh, my God, all those credits, that's good. But if he did that in, in yeah, Bethlehem yeah, Green, wouldn't happen here, you just yeah. get 35 people going, go ahead, then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, this is, but why does that happen? Because we, we, we don't celebrate success? What is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, we... Just don't like people building themselves up. We don't like people bragging over there. It's like when, like when you go and watch an, an American comic do a show. Like I went to see Kevin Hart at the O2, and he like there's so much fanfare before he comes on stage. And Can I, Dan Nightingale used to do a routine about that, about how there's such a big build up. Yeah. Before Kevin Hart, like yeah. the, this big introduction, and he like used to do like a parody of it. Like oh, I can't so wait till I'm successful. And I've got Kevin Hart's to, like intro to, was hilarious. So you come to the O2, you sit in the crowd, and what happens? When there was just there was a video before he came on stage, and it was the it was like a five minute video, and it was just listing all of his credit, everything he's ever done. And then, and then it got to like really tenuous things when it was like he's got a he, seven meter swimming bag. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> it was things like uh, he he runs a production company. It's like who gives a shit that he runs a production company? He's one stamp away from a free custom. <laughs> <laughs> so it started with all this amazing like how many tickets he sold, awards, and then it just got down and down. And it was like, dude, just fucking come on stage. Was he, is that he would, a, but that wouldn't. The point is that if a British comic tried to do that, we would all go, "Fuck this guy." We wouldn't. You just wouldn't. You wouldn't like it. But is that a bad thing or is it a good thing? Or is that just what do you just think? Just different. I think it's just different. So, but weirdly though, in London, if it's an American comic, we st- we kind of go with it because they're American. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless we don't know who they are. Like yeah, when you yeah, know who yeah, they yeah. are, like Kevin Hart or Dave yeah. Chappelle or anything like that. That's the problem like, with this American guy. No one knew who he was. Yeah. He's going he, down in the middle. And he came on like Kevin Hart. So what did he do? So what was his? Thing? Well, the first, the first thing that pissed me off was he brought a stool on, ah. and, he's, and he was doing an open spot, and he sat down. <laughs> he brought was, it on. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't already on. Before even before he said hello, he sat down really slowly and had a sip of his beer, and I was like, "Fuck this guy." And the whole audience went, I hate this guy. I will, if there's a stool already there, depending on the vibe of the gig, occasionally I will sort of lean on it or sit down a bit. But, but I think it's different you if you're like headlining the gig or if, you're, if you know what you're doing. And if they already like it, you yeah, can't yeah, walk yeah. on yeah. and say nothing with your own stool <laughs> set it up, yeah. get it, the angle's Swing perfect. The God, it's so funny how there are so many like unwritten rules that you have to do and you can't do that, how you can But that's not like... even a comedy rule, that's a life rule. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Don't bring a stool in. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's so true that there are these little rules like... Show confidence, but don't show too much confidence. Yeah. Um, don't. It's not even that. Uh, it's 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 justify your confidence. Yeah. Do if you know you're I mean? fucking amazing, you're allowed. You can be yeah, confident. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like Chris Rock or There's, something like that. Do, do you know what I find weird as well? And I, 
I find this is a problem with Australian comics in particular. Mm-hmm. Some comics go on as if the audience know who they are. Yeah. Right. So they'll they'll go on and be like, "What's happening, guys? Good to be here." So. Thanks for coming. To, thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally though, like yeah, it's yeah, good yeah, to be yeah. back in Liverpool. It's good to be. And the what audience is like, "Who the fuck are you, mate?" Like, yeah, yeah. We don't know. Yeah, tell some jokes and get us on board. Like, and Australian yeah, yeah, comics yeah, do yeah. that a lot. They go yeah. on as if it's their fans, and you can't play a club gig as if it's your fan base. It's, it's a British thing, I think. I think yeah. in America, it's maybe a bit different. But well, how, was Kevin Hart impressive or no? I thought he was good, yeah. But I just, I just made me laugh how different it is to a British show. I just wouldn't work. I can't imagine like Josh Widdicombe. I think he's, Josh is great, but I just can't imagine him having this big fanfare before he comes out. But but it's interesting. It's not like Kevin Hart, though, right? It's like but you're, you're hello, pl- yeah, hello. You're playing to the O2, <laughs> and it's like fifty thousand impression of Josh Widdicombe. Yeah. Like hello. <laughs> I just I was just thinking of Josh's credits that would come up on the video. <laughs> and he comes and goes. He's got a son. <laughs> he's from. Devon. From Devon. <laughs> he doesn't owe anyone any money. <laughs> he bought his house without a mortgage. <laughs> but with but with someone like Kevin Hart, you're performing at like the O2, which is like 50,000 people. Yeah, it's a lot of seats, but that does that ruin the comedy style? Because you're playing to so many people. Is that just whatever? It depends on the style of act. I think some styles of comedy and I think Kevin Hart is one of them is suited to big rooms and Michael McIntyre is the same if you can fill the room with your energy and persona yeah. then it doesn't matter how big the room is but I think like I I would like to think I could do big theatres but I don't think I move enough and fill the stage enough to if I ever got to the point where I was lucky enough to sell enough tickets to do arenas I don't know whether I'd do it I reckon I'd do more nights in Yeah, but I think you theaters. could learn to do it. You could, yeah, but then it, it depends whether you want to, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Whether you want to come away from who you are. As yeah. Certain comics are suited to those big rooms. Kevin Bridges is amazing at filling a big room. McIntyre's the same, but then... But I think that someone like Kevin like would have learned to, like, when he's in a big room, he has to walk around more. He has yeah, to yeah, be yeah. bigger. But I, could, I, I couldn't imagine... Because he, again, he's brilliant, out, and like, it's weird that we keep bringing him up, but... Josh Widdicombe doing an hour in an arena doesn't fit for me in my head. Yeah, yeah. But someone like Lee Evans, though. Lee Evans, because he was just so erratic and so hectic, that's why it kind of worked well for him. Sprinting up and down, he's sweaty. But then all those comics that you talk about who were great in arenas all would have started in tiny clubs. So they must have been good in small clubs as well. Yeah, totally. I can't imagine what Lee Evans would be like in a comedy store or... Must be me. I'm, I'm really looking for... That's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most about that show tonight is getting to see Michael McIntyre play the comedy store. Have you know, oh, he's great in those little rooms. Yeah, he's fucking I've never great. seen is he, is he very good? Oh, he's, fu- he's fucking great anywhere, but seeing him in front of that many people is like, yeah. What I, what I always say about Michael McIntyre, because obviously when you get into conversations with sort of normal people about comedy and comedians and stuff, they, they'll bring up like, oh, what comedians like? I like this guy, I like that guy. And some people are like, I don't like that Michael McIntyre. It doesn't make me laugh. And then some people love him. I think Michael McIntyre, he's not my favourite comedian, but he is the best comedian this country has ever produced. What, why? In what way? I just think I would rather follow anyone else but him. Yeah. I don't think there's a worse act to have to go on after. But what, because he's so commercially loved? or like, B- Because he's so good at getting every single laugh out of any idea. You could say to him, go and do five minutes about this glass... And he would probably be able to do it and make it funny. And he yeah. would get literally every laugh possible out of that concept. Yeah. He, he had like a 10 minute routine about a man draw. About the yeah, stuff. yeah, it's so funny. Th- there's no one else who can do that. 
So yeah, that, yeah. He's incredible, yeah. But but also with something like that, like but he did he he came late to the comedy circuit, didn't he? Or no? He, he didn't like, come late, but he was around for like ten years before yeah. he got anywhere. He was probably about thirty by the time he started, maybe. What started getting famous? Started comedy, I thought. I yeah. think he was like thirty when he got famous. I think he started comedy at like 23, 24. Oh really? I, yeah. d- I, I didn't know that. Yeah. But, See, yeah. But the, but the how, how old were you? How old were you? He's like fourteen when he started. <laughs> I was sixteen when I started. Yeah. I was eighteen. Both quite young for. To be yeah. doing comedy because you got fuck all to talk about. You you were, you were eighteen. Yeah, yeah. 18. But I heard with Tom, I heard that you apparently when um you did your you did your first gig, you phoned up all the agencies and said uh, who told you that? Said big name coming down. Oh Christ! And and you did, and they were like, what the fuck do you know? Yeah, that? yeah. And, 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 they, <laughs> and you did. De- That's not exactly what happened. But apparently they, they turned <laughs> up. You smashed the gig at like seventeen years old, and then you were pretty much like right. Five minutes each of you. What do you want me? <laughs> no, but that, <laughs> confidence, that makes me sound like no, such an not, It wasn't like that. I, I, I'm amped up. But it, that confidence to kind of go, you knew you needed to be repped. You want to be I repped. I did have like an unbelievable... I think you have exactly the same... I know you have the same thing. I did have like a crazy like level of focus and determination. To, when to I, when I was like comic, yeah. 16, 17, it was all I cared about. What, what's quite funny is I got a reputation for a while and a completely justified one for being... A, an, a rapid self-promoter. So when I was doing a gig in Coventry, I added on my Facebook, I'm doing a gig tonight in Coventry at the Showcase Cinema. Here's all the things. And people were like, oh, shut up, lad. No one gives a shit about your gigs. And then I was putting like little videos out and people were like, what are you doing that for? Stop sharing your videos. Just do your gigs. And like older school comics and also acts that started with me were sneering at it because they weren't doing it. And now, but I hate that. That's, that's But now the same yeah. people come to me and go, Help me. How yeah. do I? I love, how, yeah, I, love it. I love how he did that. Help me. And he, yeah. he shook his head and he went, Help me. <laughs> Not in the <laughs> like, comedy sense. Like, like, people people ask for like advice. You're some sort of prophet. Yeah. <laughs> people ask for advice because, like, <laughs> I, I've, I've wasted done... talent. Yeah. <laughs> I should be a consultant. I'm wasted, I'm wasted in comedy. <laughs> I've done one TV show, uh, which was the stand up sketch show for the people who people who create this podcast yeah, yeah. media um, and despite that I, I'm about to do my third tour and it's all from social media building a following and there's actually been going longer than me who are better comics who couldn't do it all yeah, at yeah. all even now but social media is huge because Kevin Hart lots of his stuff is seen on social media and that's how yeah. he's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. followed like loads like in Holland and all these different places that's how they <laughs> we were talking before we started there was there's people in our industry at the minute saying YouTube is the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was talking to this guy. <laughs> I, was, I was chatting to a guy the other day who's, who works in comedy, in, not a comedian, but in the industry, like a producer, quite, quite a senior guy. And we were chatting and he said, oh, the thing is, mate, uh, y- y- <laughs> he said, YouTube's the future. I was like, what? YouTube's the present? Do you mean YouTube's the future? YouTube was the future 15 years ago. Yeah, and Adam went, and the past. YouTube's the past. It's not even the present. Wait, he said that to you. Listen, mate, YouTube is... Uh, It's just just hilarious how some people who work in the industry have got no idea what's going on. No. Because people can't, because it's changing so quickly. And it will continue to change so quickly. Like, there'll be another social media platform in a couple of years that is entirely for artists, I think. Yeah. I think there'll be like a creator thing that is led by creators and where we earn money from it. 
Whereas like at the minute, YouTube takes quite a lot of the advertising revenue and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I can see a creator-led and focused social media that becomes massive. But but also, you know, and Tom, I've asked you this before, but Alan, with you as well, you know, you said you started at 18 years old. At 18 years old, and and then you were 17, I had no fucking clue what I wanted to do. How did you know that, that you were... Well, like, I didn't know I wanted to do it. But I, you still I, went and did it. That's like unbelievable. I did it because I loved stand-up and me mate said he was going to do it. So we, we, I was working in McDonald's when I was planning to do stand-up and one of the shift managers in there, we used to try and like time our breaks together so that we could watch stand-up on like the staff computers together. They go, oh, I found this bit the other night, watch this. And we were both obsessed. So there was that love and that obsession there. So you understood what good and bad comedy yeah. oh, was. Oh yeah, well like my mum introduced me to stand-up when I was like quite young and the first stand-up I seen was Richard Pryor which is quite a ridiculous introduction for what was like a nine-year-old or something um, but I loved <laughs> your mum showed you Richard Pryor at nine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Adam come watch Richard talk about the n-word <laughs> <laughs> that explains your comedy <laughs> never said the n-word on stage <laughs> only in whatsapp groups uh... Christ was stand-up a big thing in your house then? People watched it. Me and my mum used to watch it all the time, yeah. So I, I, I loved it from early on. And then Dave, that shift manager, was like, I'm going to give stand-up a go. Should, should we do it? And I went, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go. Why not? And then I thought it would be one of those things that just didn't happen. You know, things you plan with your mates. Yeah. It's like, oh, that won't happen. And literally about two hours later, he rang me. He was like, we've got a gig. My local pub's going to let us put a, put a night on. So we've got a gig. Start writing your material, and we'll have to sell some tickets. And we sold 120 tickets to our like friends and family. Well, it wasn't That's even insane. like an open mic gig. It was just well, it was an open mic gig, but we'd set it up. Oh, so right. we charged like three quid each, and we split all wow. the money between every act. Every act got the same, like 40, 50 quid or something. Um, That's pretty great. Yeah, and the, the rest that, is history. That, but that's but also it's just. I still don't understand the confidence to get up. I always say this to the confidence to get up on stage at like 17 years old. And stand in front of a crowd and go, right, here we go. But I don't funny. think that like, when you're that age... I don't think it's confidence. When you're I that think age, it's, it's actually stupidity. insecurity yeah, and yeah. stupidity. Yeah. So you think it's naivety, you just go, okay, fine, I'm just going to go and do this. I think it's a need for validation. And that's quite a, a totally, I get cynical it. way to look at it. It's, I, I need people. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. To laugh at me, I need people to think I'm good at something. I need, I need people to think I'm funny. I think that subconsciously is what drives you onto stage in the first place, especially if you're younger. I think it's just you, you're either really good at making your mates laugh already, and you're like, "Oh, I want more of that," or you're not making anyone laugh. But there are some like, people who like you know make their mates laugh and they're funny, but they don't. There's no, they don't have like a need to get on stage. Yeah, yeah. most people are like that. Yeah. Very few people have that like need to to actually go and do it. Yeah, yeah. But then, interesting enough, you look at it this way: where does it, where do you lead to? Right. So, is it just about getting bigger arenas and building? And then, when you hit the pinnacle, you do the O2 or Wembley or whatever it is. What, Pinnacle's what? the name of my tour this year, so thanks for the plug there. <laughs> that was good. 
<laughs> Superb work, Jamie. Superb. <laughs> <laughs> but when do you, you know, when you start doing that, like, okay, this is a prime example. Lee Evans, right? Huge comedian. Especially, he then quits. But why? Why do comedians get to a point because sometimes when they don't want to do it anymore? He's probably got a boat. <laughs> like he's yeah. multi, multi, multi millionaire. But but again, it's not, you know, for you guys, obviously, and for most people, I'd say it's not about the money. But I don't know if you ever like hit a point where you are like completely satisfied. No. Because I've spent like, and, and I know you've as well, like spent a lot of time with people who are at a level where you would think, oh, they've made it or they've got everything they would ever want. Yeah. And, and spending time with them off stage, you can see that they're still not, they're not walking around going, fuck, I've made it. This yeah. is amazing. I, I, my I think, right? There's, there's no like they're going, ceiling. They're going, fuck, I've got to do the O2 tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's what they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. And I don't, I think that's why I enjoy the game. I, I enjoy there being a next level that yeah. you've got to get you never to. Hit the, the end and of it. there's an old Jim Jeffries routine, which I think like sums it up perfectly, and I'll butcher this now, but he's like, when I first started, all I wanted to do was five minutes, and then I got to do five minutes. I was like, right now, I want to do 10. And I was like, right now, I want to do 20. Now, I want to get paid. And I got paid. And then I was like, now I want to be the headliner. And I was the headliner. And I was like, now I want to tour. And I did a little tour. And I was like, right, oh, if I can do a bigger tour, I'll be happy. And then I did a bigger tour. And then if I can do Just for Laughs Montreal, I'll be happy. And I got it. And I was like, right, now I want to do Edinburgh Festival and sell out me run. And now I want to do this. And now I want to be a movie star. And you know what? I'm not a movie star. And it fucking kills me every <laughs> yeah, single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that is the mentality. Mental yeah. That's so much. There's always a yeah. next level to it. Um, what One thing I struggle with is, and you'll know this, once you are a comic who is doing fairly well and you have like a nice run at the Edinburgh Festival or you're just doing well in comedy clubs and people take notice and hear about you, your, your agent will set up meetings with producers and a lot of producers and production companies are like, so what are you using stand-up for? What's the goal? Do you want to be a TV presenter in films? And I struggle with those meetings so much because all I want to do is stand-up and a bigger tour and a bigger tour and a bigger tour. Mm. I want to get better at stand-up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm utterly obsessed with it to, to a that's fault. That's such a good way that you find your purpose and that's what you desire to. Tommy, if you could say, if someone could say what you would love to do, if they said in your future, what would you love to do? What would you say? Well, I kind of feel a bit similar to you. I've, I sort of feel like stand-up is like, I'll never stop doing stand-up. I would like to do other things, but I would always do stand-up. Because it's, it's just like the best... I don't know. It's also, just, you guys can all the, the great. It's so it like not easy, but like the fact that you can con completely control it. That's the coolest thing about you guys. Yeah. That you can go and do acting. You go and do this. You can write stuff. All that kind of stuff. But you can always just report back to going on stage. Yeah, yeah. Picking the mic up and doing it. You have complete control over it. Yeah. It's so, not. It's not even just that with me. I'm so competitive and always have been. And if I'm good at something, I get extra competitive at it. So like. If you if we have a game of Monopoly, I don't care if you win. I want to win, but I don't care because I'm not good at Monopoly and there's no skill to it. If we have a game of FIFA and you beat me, I will break my pad <laughs> because I'm good at FIFA. So if you're better than me at it, it drives Stick me fucking insane. Stick around for that in part three. <laughs> Adam Rose smashes a Samsung in part three. I've smashed six PlayStation pads since I bought my Oh my God. No, man. yeah, because you get that angry. Yeah, because I just throw them. I think the root of this problem is you need to go to bed earlier. <laughs> All of the problems can full be sorted, right? But also, but also with you, Adam, you did Edinburgh Festival and you got Dave's joke of the festival. Yeah, that's huge, though, man. Right? 
It is. Um, it was slightly more hassle than it was worth. Can you tell us the joke <laughs> on this one? Yeah, so the joke was, um, I wouldn't like to work at the job centre. Imagine working somewhere knowing if you get fired, you still have to go in the next day. It's good. I liked it. It's a good one-liner. Now, apparently, someone did a similar joke to that in like the 70s or the 80s. Not the exact same thing, but very similar. And when I won it, every newspaper reported it in a really nice way. I got like a full two-page spread in the Telegraph. The Guardian did a big feature on it, the Scotsman. It, you got, you're on the front page of every national newspaper on the next day, which is unbelievable co- coverage for someone at my level. It sold out the last week of my Edinburgh Festival run, um, and it sold me quite a lot of tour tickets as well for after the Edinburgh Festival. Um, there was one newspaper, and I refused to name it without spitting, so I won't. But they they said that I'd stolen it, right? And their sources... Was it a Liverpool thing? <laughs> it was a newspaper that Liverpool is staunchly against. Oh, I know. That we, I know that we don't is. buy. I know who it is. Um, who is it? Well, you don't want me to say. I don't want their names to be on it now. Okay. I, I really don't. <laughs> So I'll tell you after the Surrey advertiser. <laughs> the Surrey advertiser. Um, they cited two sources on Twitter to uh, to say, "Oh, he's stolen it." These two Twitter accounts have found an old tweet where, where it had been tweeted like ten years ago. Those two Twitter accounts that they cited were both verified and both had about a thousand followers. And within a week, both of those accounts had been deleted. So you suspect some foul play? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And what had happened was this particular newspaper, before <laughs> before Edinburgh, had asked me, do you want a full two-page feature to promote Edinburgh yeah, and yeah. your tour? Mm. Through my publicist, they, they got in touch enough with that. And I very publicly told them to go fuck themselves. Mm. And I think I might have done that. I think I did it. What are you <laughs> You're welcome, mate. Um, you know what's funny about this? I think it was a retaliation to the, that, yeah. The newspaper that you're talking about, I, that same year, they gave me Best New Comedian. <laughs> like, that fucking scouse cunt doesn't want to work with us. Let's find a posh one. That'll wind them up. That'll wind them up. That's great. Um, so I'm a big fan. No, I know what you mean. That is bad, isn't it? Yeah. That is annoying. I've never also, heard that before. Also, the worst thing in the world I can imagine as a comedian is when someone says you're stealing jokes or, or taking jokes. Yeah, and like, look, um, <laughs> th- there's been times on stage where I've said something and gone, in a bit of new material, a little bit of crowd work, and gone, hang on, that, there's no way that that is something I've just come up with off the top of my head. Mm. And then... Yeah, Mandrill rings a bell. <laughs> so, you like, <laughs> yeah. comedians will sometimes... <laughs> I've just done 10 minutes about a mandra and opening it and indeterminate batteries and foreign currency. Let me move on. Going out. Garlic bread. (laughs) Garlic bread. Um, And what you do then is you text a couple of mates and go, have you had a routine like this before? And sometimes they go, no. And you go, oh, I've got a new bit there. And you you start doing it. And sometimes they go, oh, it's similar to this. Is that that worried sometimes happen where you come up with something you're worried that someone else has done it before? You just text your mates and go, have you had a routine like this? We've all got sort of comic mates who you can sort of bounce an idea off and go, what do you think of this? Have you heard anything? But there's similar? also like so like there's it happens all the time where you're, that you're just covering a topic that someone else is. You can still do the yeah, same. You can cover the same topic. Yeah, it's just, just sometimes it's just, the jokes. Is this routine too, too similar to something you, you've heard before? Yeah. But with that, what with that joke, like 
the most annoying thing about it was, first of all, it was one of the weakest jokes in my show. Like, it never got, like, a massive laugh because it's not that type of joke and it doesn't really... It's not the type of humour I really do. The reason that it's joke like was... like a one-liner, isn't it? It's a one-liner, essentially. Yeah. And the reason it was in my show was I did sort of a two-minute bit in the show where there was not even an attempt at a joke. It was just making a point about how people in the benefit system are treated by the people who are meant to help and protect them, i.e. the job centre and whatever. And that punchline was there to release all of the tension out of that two minutes of yeah, yeah. monologue. So it was a really important joke in the show. And for that last week of the Edinburgh Festival, the whole show is sold out. It's full of 150 people every day who already know that joke. Yeah. So I do two minutes of tension building, <laughs> then tell that joke and 150 people go, yeah, that's, what, that's why that's we're here. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's done it. Yeah, should we go now? There's yeah. 15 minutes left, but I'm not really bothered, are you? I love it. It's so weird to have a whole audience that you know are just waiting Ready, for waiting that one that joke. One bit, it's so and then they, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Joke of the yeah. fridge. Do they laugh or no? They just went, oh, there it is. It, for that last week, it didn't get a single laugh once. <laughs> it got a few... Ah. And it got a few, way, but it never got a laugh. <laughs> and then it was driving me so mad that when I toured that exact same show, I just took it out, I rewrote that yeah. whole bit and put a different joke and a different point in yeah. just because I was sick of telling that joke to people who'd already heard it. Yeah. I just couldn't do it anymore. So I was very grateful for the award and it helped me a lot. And you get, you get a, like a, a decent bit of prize money as well. So it was- Half it was a million quid, right? Half a million. <laughs> yeah. Half a million and a boat. Yeah, boat, yeah. Not bad, eh? Um, Half a million quid for writing a joke. That's <laughs> <laughs> how much Tom pays his races. See <laughs> <laughs> how much Tom pays his racist. Writers. 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 Why is he paying his racist? Yeah. Hey, tell oh. us a racist joke. It was four grand yeah. there, I've got a team of racists behind me. <laughs> <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen. Just helping you yeah, to be yeah. racist. As racist as possible. No, no, you can push that further, Tom. You can push that further. There's more in that, mate. You can get more out of that. <laughs> I want to see the hatred in your eyes. Spit on the floor or something. Let's brainstorm some ideas. <laughs> Right on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we have the answer to the question of the week. Now, the question was, if a polar bear and a grizzly bear mate, their offspring is called a what? Grizzly. You said prizzly? Tom, you said... I think I said... Grizzola. Grizzola. Like a granola bar. Yeah, like a granola bar. Grizzola bear. Grizzola bear. You're both so posh, you know, that your brain goes straight to granola. Yeah. <laughs> is that <laughs> part? Is granola bar oh, part? Oh, really? Yeah, it is. You can't oh. eat granola in Liverpool. Yeah, you can. No, we eat gravel. <laughs> a gravel bar. <laughs> Granola. The answer is Pizzy Bear. <laughs> really? Yeah, what website bear. is that from? It's, it's called hashtag fact site. I typed in a thousand fun of interesting facts about literally anything. I'll give you another one. Uh, in 2006, a Coca-Cola employee offered to sell Coca-Cola secrets to Pepsi. Pepsi responded by notifying Coca-Cola. <laughs> wow, that's a real fact, that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a fact. We should try and write a film around that. That's great. <laughs> Imagine trying to drag that out for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, hey, Adam, you are going on tour at the end of this year. I am. Uh, where can we get tickets from? Uh, AdamRowe.co.uk. A-D-A-M-R-O-W-E.co.uk. And um, 
they're not on sale yet, but the Edinburgh Fringe is on sale. So if you search my name on the Edinburgh Fringe website, uh, you can see that. Shows at 7.30. That's quite a good little slot, isn't it? It's a nice time. Um, and this is the first year where I'm not doing any other additional shows. Like, I normally do a couple of, like, packet shows or, like, like little guest spots elsewhere. I'm not doing any of that shit. Just doing my show and then getting pissed every day. Tom, are we going to go up to Edinburgh? Yeah, we're going to go up together, aren't we? Where, where are we, where are we going to be doing stuff? <laughs> doing stuff? <laughs> I, think we should go, I think we should go up there and yeah, just hang around. Show, yeah, yeah. Um, hey Adam thank Adam is genuinely great as well I've worked with him a lot and he's fucking great thanks man yeah you're good too hey maybe we should we should probably work together soon as well man yeah you know I'm doing some gigs yeah he's a big dog on the circuit a lot of buzz around JB a lot of buzz around this guy over here hey Adam thank you so much for coming on the podcast dude hey best of luck with everything super funny thank you dude I can't wait to come watch your tour what we like to do at the end of the podcast is leave our listeners with something inspirational Everyone always looks blank whenever that happens. It's because you don't warn anyone. I don't warn anyone ever. <laughs> Didn't warn you about anything today. You need to learn about preparation. Work hard and don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Goodbye! <laughs> oh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.